0: Hi folks, welcome to Agency Unfiltered, the HubSpot Solutions Partner Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Dunn, and Agency Unfiltered is a weekly web series and podcast that interviews the owners, founders, and executives of agencies and services providers from around the world about whatever it takes to grow and scale. This week, we have on Dustin Brackett, CEO and founder of Hive Strategy and author of the brand new, just released book, Market Like a Human. In our conversation, Dustin explains what it means to market like a human and how a focus on quality over quantity can solve the problems prevalent today in marketing and sales strategies. We also talk about the crisis of disconnection and how Dustin's methodology helps re-establish connection with your audience. He also shares how he thinks about the underlying pillars and values of this framework, like authenticity and transparency, and how they should manifest in your go-to-market strategies. And as Dustin will share, he thinks there's an overabundance and too much reliance on automation— which actually can be a detriment to your business. We wrap with his read on the current servicing landscape and how other partners can leverage human centricity to cut through the noise of a saturated market for inbound services. Welcome to another edition of Agency Unfiltered. And welcome to Agency there. How you doing? Doing well. How are you, Kevin? Uh, not too bad. As we were just uh, riffing for a few moments there. Obviously, I think both of us are still reeling from the NBA trade deadline. Um, so obviously, you know it, it, it'll, it'll be weeks since, uh, and so it'll be interesting to reflect back. But we're at, we're we're living it in real time here.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, it's from, coming fast.
0: It's it's one of the bigger trade deadlines I think I've seen in quite a while. Um, big names flipping around, uh, which sounds like Kevin Durant to Phoenix. You're not super psyched about.
1: Not my favorite trade of the day. I'm a Laker fan and always want to see the Suns fail. So <laughs> not my favorite one. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, well, I mean, you got, you know, the all-time leading scorer in LeBron. So, you know, you can you can ride that way for a little while. Uh, and then, you know, all the avid listeners at home know and probably agree. There's a Boston sports podcast. Every You know, big, big Boston sports fans. Uh, and so hopefully, fingers crossed, one day, someday soon lakers celtics nba finals and, and we'll bring back uh, that rivalry it'll be great
1: that needs to happen as much as like anyone that's listening to this it's not a lakers fan or a celtics fan probably just rolled their eyes and said please please no
0: uh yeah right MG, any other market anywhere else they're like that's the last <laughs> thing actually we want so thanks for that uh, but a little selfish hopefully I, I, we, we get some of that now dustin uh I, i'd love to talk nba uh and obviously superiority over Los Angeles sports teams, but we're here instead <laughs> to talk about uh, actually a book that's coming out uh, that you've authored uh, and some of the concepts within. Uh, and so let me let me start here. Why don't you share the name of the book, um, and then uh, uh, that'll kind of indicate I think the strategy that you're that you're advocating for. What does it what does it mean? Give us the title uh, and give us the underlying methodology. We'll go from there.
1: Yeah. So the the book is called Market Like a Human, and really the idea behind it is that kind of with the transition even all the way back from like the madmen advertising days mm. through like all the change that's happened since then and really since 2020 and like everyone going remote and all of the craziness that happened with the pandemic like there's been a huge shift to kind of a numbers game where like more always equals better right like where all, all of the clients that we're working with or even like our organizations potentially are looking at like How do we get more leads in the funnel, right? We we need more website visits. We need more followers on social. We need more, more, more. Where we're we're starting to focus so much on more that we're losing sight of kind of the quality and the fact that there are actual human beings on the other side of our marketing. Like whether we're advertising and marketing, you know, business to business or business to consumer or even nonprofit, like we're marketing to humans. And I think we're really starting as a society to lose sight of that fact. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I love that. So I think there's a balance between, I don't think more is inherently bad, but I think there has to be a fair balance between a prioritization of quantity and a prioritization of quality. And it sounds like market like a human is bringing some of that human centricity back to these go-to-market strategies. Um Dustin, let me ask you this. Uh, it's been a common theme. It's come up uh, quite a bit since inbound uh, back in the fall. Yamini had mentioned it. Uh, a number of, of HubSpotters are talking about it as our partners in other places. But, you know, we're faced currently with a crisis of disconnection, right? Uh, do you feel that, you know, marketing like a human or the concepts within market like a human, is that, is that in service of reestablishing the connection uh, that businesses should be seeking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the the crisis of disconnection that, you know, Yamani and really all of inbound was kind of centered around. I think it it spans into like every crack of like what our businesses are doing and what our agencies are doing. Like we are more disconnected than we probably have been in a really long time. And that that's with our team members. Like we're all remote, we're all working from home. We're like our interactions with our team are through Slack and through email, but it also extends to our audience. So prospects, leads, customers, even like people that we don't know about that are doing their research and are coming to our website, but haven't actually like converted, they're all more disconnected than they've ever been. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the way that we're connecting or not connecting with those people and putting out content and supporting them with where they're at in their process. Um, I think that we all, as agency owners, get those those clients that come to us and they're like, yeah, we want to pump out all this sales material and we need to tell people and how great we are and shout that from the rooftops. And there's not really a, a lot of like community building or thought behind how do we engage with these people before they're ready to buy from us? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, let's let me ask you this. What is the uh, antithesis of market like a human or like, what are some of the tactics that are uh, void of the human centricity that you find businesses, maybe other partners or managed services, providers, marketers, whatever, like what are they guilty of? Right. So what's the antithesis you see most commonly?
1: I, I think there's a lot of it actually. I mean, thinking about like buying lead lists and spamming out all these different, these people on our, our data in our database mm-hmm. with messages that don't really relate to them. Um, you know, I, I have in my book, I have an example um, that we, that I just kind of suffered through. Um, but Best Buy is like, I buy a lot of technology. I have a, I have an Apple problem. It's fine. Don't yeah. judge me. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of people
0: uh, rel- relate to that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like I personally keep Apple in business and that's fine. Um, but I, you know, I buy a lot of equipment and things like that from Best Buy. Like it's very easy. It's very close to my house. I also don't like to wait. So like trying to order things online and waiting for it to show up, isn't really my style. Um, so Best Buy in general has a ton of info on me, or at least they should, right. They, they understand like what, what products I've purchased, what products I'm looking at on their website, like all of those things. But during that, you know, holiday black friday time frame there I, I went back and and counted over 50 days i got 59 emails <laughs> like so more than one a day yeah, and, too many
0: like, you know i'll say it too many
1: emails yeah like it's spammy and like i went back and like looked through all of them again and it was like no personalization it was obviously sent to an, an entire database There promoting things to me like samsung watches and windows pcs and like things that i obviously have no interest in all for like the sake of we need to sell you something during this time like we don't really care what it is we don't care what you're into just buy something let us put everything in front of you um and you know it it actually i unsubscribed i i buy so much stuff from best buy that it didn't really matter to me anymore. It was just like, you are annoying me. You obviously mm-hmm. don't care about who I am as a human. All you're focused on is getting a few dollars in the door by spamming your entire database. And um, you seem the- like
0: the right candidate for, if the right message reached your inbox with, if they were able to collect and use the data that they have on you to recommend something that was super relevant and personalized with whatever you know holiday deal there was, Like you were probably a likely a likely conversion, right? Purchase. Like there would have been a return on that email if it was sent accurately.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, they, like I said, they have so much information on me that if they had just used that and segmented and treated me like a human that like, Hey, we know Dustin has this iPhone. He has this, uh, I I have a Mac studio that I bought from them. Like Mm -hmm. I have, I've purchased, different accessories and like it's very obvious that I have an affinity for Apple but also that I probably do a lot of my work from my desktop and so like even things that are adjacent to that or support yeah. that that all would have resonated with me and I would have felt like they actually like understood who I was and I would have cared a whole lot more about <laughs> that messaging but like when I'm getting gaming systems and all these different random things that, yeah, I know Best Buy sells, but I'm not ever looking at them. Right. Like it, um, it, it lost the human touch for sure.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a really great example. And it just goes to show that the foundation of this is, again, as we kind of pulled the thread on connection, but it's like connected data and having pertinent data stored in a place uh, for usage through the channels that needs to be used. And like teams and companies and people should be prepared to leverage that data. Okay, we know what, Dustin purchases. We have an idea of maybe his purchasing cycle or the things that he's interested in. Based on that, we should have some tangential opportunities for expansion. You know, so uh, it's leveraging the data that you collect, right? That that sounds like an important lever to pull here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, we also, I mean, we're obviously a HubSpot partner. We love HubSpot, but I think we also get into this like habit, or we've transitioned into this habit of. We're going to let the technology do the work for us. And really like we set up all these workflows and we set up sequences and we, we pump out all these messages and emails and automation for our audience without really considering like who's receiving this, what do they care about? Like, is this message going to resonate with them? And I think it's just become this almost like a trap for agencies, for organizations that to rely too much on the technology and not really think through what is the experience when Kevin opens this email. Yep. Yep.
0: So it sounds like don't let a reliance on technology pull you away from the human centricity of, or, you know, like understanding who's on the receiving end of whatever marketing collateral you're putting together, what they care about, right? What's going to resonate with them. I think, sure, folks should lean on technology, but again, don't have it be a block or
1: human led uh, marketing. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's, like I said, we, we use HubSpot all the time. Like we've been in the HubSpot ecosystem for coming up on nine years. Like we live in HubSpot, but we also have to think through and it's something that, you know, even getting into AI and things like that, like those things aren't going to be able to think through, okay, who is Kevin? What does Kevin actually care about? And how can we connect with Kevin um, kind of on a human level, outside of like, hey, buy my widget. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, the AI is an interesting point. I know uh, we had just Paul Rates around a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned it's not going to replace your content, your marketing, it's just going to enrich, right? And so it's like, sure, maybe, you know, ChatGPT can write you kind of the outline of what that email should be, but you still have to understand, all right, well, what does it mean to be human centric or market like a human if Dustin's on the receiving end and what he cares about, what data we have on him. So uh, that sounds like, you know, again, Don't, don't lose track of the person, not the persona or the, the quantity of leads you're hoping to send a message out to.
1: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I, after that episode with Paul, I reached out to him and was like, Hey, this is, this is actually super interesting for the book because so much has evolved even just in the last few months. I mean, probably today, you know, with as daily, yeah, yeah, for sure. As fast as things are moving with AI, I think that there there is a a lot there that we have to start to take advantage of as agencies, but also there's a lot of risk that comes with that, yeah. um, in connecting kind of with that human component.
0: Yep, uh, I couldn't agree more. Now you mentioned Best Buy as the example there, right? Like, man, what is the antithesis of marketing like a human? I can imagine that these. The concepts in your book kind of the underlying methodology it also applies to b2b as well right uh if i'm an agency uh is there uh what would uh, the appropriate email strategy or marketing strategy look like for an agency or a services some b2b relationship uh contrasted against what that best buy kind of email strategy like where it went wrong right so like what would that depth of personalization look like if i'm a HubSpot Solutions partner reaching out to my prospect list or my existing customers, et cetera. You know what I mean? Any, any recommendations there?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know how much different it really is, right? Like the idea is whether you're a B2B SaaS company or you're an agency or a Best Buy or, you know, somebody that sells tennis shoes. Like it, I don't think it really is that different. Like you're still connecting with humans on the other side. So I think it's understanding who those people are, what pain points they have, how you can help and how you can even just like educate them in that process. Like, I I think even as agencies, we fall into the trap of just putting out all of this, all of our sales content, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're a diamond agency and you should work with us. And like all of these things about us when we're not really considering like, hey, that CMO for this SaaS company that we really want to work with, like she's trying to figure out solutions to her pain points. They don't really care at at many, like very few steps along the way. Do they actually care who Hive is or how great we are? Like they're trying to figure out solutions to their problems. And I think that we also fall as agencies, as marketers, we fall into that trap of not really using the data that we have or the insight that we have to speak to people in a way that resonates with them in their current situation. And so I think regardless of it, whether it's B2B, B2C, whatever, like you have to really understand who your audience is, what they care about, when they care about it, and how they want to like consume that information. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's not about us. And our messaging shouldn't be about us. It should be about them and what whatever they're experiencing, the problems that they want to solve, the challenges that they want to uh, overcome. Uh yeah, I love that framing. What Which, what are the components when we say market like a human, are there is there a framework or a method of tenants? Like how do you how do you capture its ethos? Any recommendations there?
1: I I think a lot of it comes back to what you just said about like, it's not about us, which is really hard by the way, like with as noisy as the market, the market is as many competitors as we all have, like it's very hard not to be like, no, but I'm better. Like, Hey, <laughs> let me tell you about how great I am. Um, that's a difficult thing to do. Um, but so yeah, the bi- the book does have um, six pillars that we kind of walk through. So hmm. transparency, kind of giving insight into who we are, what we do, how much we, we charge, who we work with, who we don't work with, things like that. Uh, personality, I think that's something that a lot of organizations really think that they have to fit a mold, right? Like like we're a law firm, we have to be buttoned up and stuffy or we're a, an agency and we, have, and we work with these kind of, of companies so we have to mimic that like i think that we lose sight of who we are as a an organization but also like who our people are like that's one of the things like with our team we really try to focus on like what are the passions our team has and like the personality that they have and how can we have that kind of shine through because our clients are going to be working with those people and if they don't resonate with that kind of messaging and that kind of marketing from our team when they start to work with us they're not going to resonate with it either
0: uh, it's offensive. a really interesting point, oh, uh, but just first off, it sounds like, you know, don't fall into the trap of trying to mimic the the uh, voice of, you know, whatever industry or whatever it might be, right? Oh, you know, this is how we're supposed to look and sound. First off, it sounds like letting your own personality shine through that of the team. First off, it probably cuts through the noise really well, mm-hmm. uh, but also it prevents any sort of like push-pull or any sort of friction if like tone wise working with your team changes based on like sales oriented perception and framing versus like, Oh, what it actually means to work with our team. I love that. I love that distinction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a new dad. I have a 14 month old daughter. And so I'm very pro dad joke. Like I am like counting the minutes till she can understand how corny my jokes are so that I can embarrass her. Um, uh, you know, and that's, that's something that we've kind of adopted as an organization, even in Slack channels, like we're sharing dad jokes that we have a, a chat bot on our website that one of the options is dad jokes in our newsletter. We send some B themed dad joke every month. Like it's, it's part of kind of who we are and like, we're a little goofy and we're a little corny and uh, we have fun with what we're doing. And again, like we work with some very stuffy agency or uh client industries and businesses sure but the people on the other side of that aren't necessarily that way and they've seen the the our marketing and they've seen our kind of process and they understand that when they come to work with us like we're not that we're not we're not showing up to our meetings in suit and tie and we're not uh you know a buttoned up agency in that way like we have fun um And I think that that's important for people to understand before they ever sign on with us.
0: Yeah, and it probably attracts the right type of clients too, right? As uh, like, people Oh, that's the type with. of organization I want to work with. Right. And so uh, it's, it's finding the right folks to, to, you know, join with, or, you know, to formally to a p- partnership with. Um, also dad jokes, 18 uh, month old daughter myself. So, you know, girl, dad gang rise up. Uh, and also HubSpot yeah. has a dad jokes Slack channel as well. So uh, we'll have to, do you have a favorite dad joke? We don't have to, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole too. Dude. Do you have a favorite dad joke?
1: Uh, you put me on the spot there. Uh, you know, most of the dad jokes that we're putting out right now are bee themed for the whole hive thing. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Doubling um, down so, on that. love that.
1: Yeah. That's just kind of where we, we've been playing in the book. I do have a couple in there that we, we like, so you'll
0: we'll have to check um, out. Why did the Scarecrow, uh, win, win an award? Cause he Why? was outstanding in his field.
1: So there you go. Obviously. So there, you go. <laughs> there you go. Um,
0: also really, uh, really appreciate the point on transparency. Like, Hey, we're just upfront with pricing, how it works, what it looks like to work with us. And I think that, that to me, it feels like it connects back to your point. It's like, Hey, for the last couple of years, uh, Expectations have changed, buyers expectations have changed, like they want more information. So it sounds like that's an that's a really great example of of meeting prospects, uh, you know, where they're at and what they expect from, you know, managed services providers, agencies, whatever it might be. Is that a is that a fair assessment?
1: Absolutely. I, I think that agencies are very guilty of this, of like not really telling people how much they charge or who they work with, um, and I we see it a lot in in technology as well. Like SaaS companies not putting pricing on their website, or like talk to sales, or like even the worst is like have they have pricing in their navigation, and then you click on it and it gives you no pricing information, just tries to get you to convert.
0: Yeah, it's a contact like you, form or something. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's sleazy and it's <laughs> it's it's a terrible user experience, um, you know, and it's it's something that if anyone, the people listening have probably all seen like Marcus Sheridan talk and, you know, he talks so much about this of like answering those questions, putting your pricing out there, like giving people the information that they need. And I think that that has to like exponentially grow from our agencies and from technology and like a lot of these B2B companies haven't adopted that. Like we're still very much like in the old school sales mentality of, you know, you've got to talk to sales. We're going to hide our information because we want to start that conversation or we want you to convert or, hey, you want this valuable information? Great. Here's a 10 property form that you have to fill out. You know, and I think that we've got to to eliminate that or our consumers, whether they're B2B, B2C, whatever, They're just not going to put up with it anymore. And I think we're all seeing that with like the decline in people willing to give you information on forms or willing to pick up the phone. Like these things are falling off a cliff and it's because they don't, they're not seeing the value in giving you all of this information or talking to your sales guy that's just going to like put a hard press on you. And they know them. that they can find somebody who won't
0: put them through those loops. Right. So why waste time with somebody who is about to, if they, you know, there's going to be other options that won't. Right. So you exactly. want to be on the right side of that decision. Right. Absolutely. Um, Thus, I, I uh, definitely pulled you away. You were listing some, some pillars. I know we got through transparency. i had mentioned personality, but I definitely pulled you away. It uh, sounds like there's more though. Um, so, so yeah. what are the other pillars of the, the market, like a human strategy?
1: Um, so the other ones are, you know, authenticity, being who you say you are and being true to kind of who your business is as well. Consistency. And I think that consistency is in branding in content in who you portray yourself to be the questions that you answer, the tone, voice, all of those things um, being helpful. I think being helpful transcends all of these that in order to be helpful, you have to do these, these other things. Um, And then community, you know, that was a really big talking point uh, from Inbound 22 of kind of how do we build the community and reconnect these disjointed and displaced kind of audiences. Um, And I think that from an organization, an organization's perspective around, our products, our services, our organization, our industry, like we have to start to enable people to connect with others that are in that, in their same position.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Connect the nodes where appropriate, right? Absolutely. Um, I love the consistency piece at first. I was going well, is consistency defined as 59 emails over 54 days for Best Buy? I mean, that's the wrong type of consistency. You're saying, Hey, whatever our personality is, whatever the authentic means of communication is for our business, that has to manifest in all of the different channels and modalities of our touch points, content, et etc. So is that the, is that the fair read on on consistency?
1: Yeah, I think so, but I think I mean, also consistency in showing up when you're expected. and I think that, like to the best buy point of 59 emails in 50 days, like sure, that is consistent, but it like it's consistent spam as opposed to like somebody I I was not expecting an email every day, nor did I want an email every day. I think it's, it's showing up when your audience search engines, like all of those, those different audiences are expecting you to be there.
0: Oh, I Yep. So being present in all the places folks would expect you to be present. Um,
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, yeah that's super helpful um uh I think and we've talked a little bit about it you know obviously with uh expectations changing from like a a buyer consumer perspective uh, and I know you know a lot of these traditional services email or inboxes these things are saturated they're overcrowded right uh, a lot of these i think traditional inbound services that partners have historically built businesses on are becoming commoditized and so is is marketing like a human an appropriate way to uh, uh cut through that noise to 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 go against the grain in like the, the current servicing landscape like is this is this a solution for for the saturation of some of these like channels and strategies you know what I mean
1: yeah I think there's a a couple angles to this I think you're absolutely right with we're all oversaturated I had a conversation with somebody on my team the other day that like I shared my screen and like my inbox was open and they're like, how many emails do you have? 40,000. Yeah. 40, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. Like I clean my inbox and I, I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I, anytime I get it like under a hundred emails in my inbox, I'm like pumped. And then I blink and it's back up to 300. And, you know, so I think that there is so much noise out there and finding a way to connect on a human level to those people. Like I don't care if you're targeting Apple and their chief marketing officer, like, you know, the, the biggest organization in the world, like they're still a human. Yeah. And so I think finding a way to connect through these pillars or through just being who you are and having fun with it and, and engaging from a human direction rather than like hey I'm another organization trying to sell you something yep um, but also I think from the agency side like we're all going to have to transition like what we offer today and what we offer in three years cannot be the same thing like yep even talking with Paul about you know the advancements in AI like our clients are going to figure these things out if they haven't already like they're they're going to figure out that hey, I'm no longer going to spend five hundred dollars on a blog post, or you know, whatever the case may be, like, yep. and wait two weeks for it or a month for it. Like, they can get things done quick, quickly, and less expensively using different tools. And so, I think we're all going to have to transition into leaning into strategy and being marketers, not just deliverable experts, because um, I we're just not going to get away with. And this, this goes for my agency too. Like we deliver and charge for content and blog posts and Mm -hmm. all these things and always have, but we're going to have to really lean into the strategy and how do we support that content from a strategic perspective of we're going to get this information in in front of the right people at the right time through the right medium um, to reach our goals
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I like that point. It's, uh, hey, we're not just deliverable experts, but we actually have to be strategic thinkers, right? Partners, I mean, the landscape's evolving. Our menu of services, the things that we should be doing for our clients continually changes, as does likely the time it takes to deliver those, which means Mm -hmm. the price might be changing. Um, But it sounds like, you know, if this is uh, uh, what we offer and what we do for our clients, right? Always trying to determine the most value you can provide through that right? Knowing that the value it brings today is going to look vastly different than the value it can bring tomorrow based on whatever updates and evolutions have happened right in the landscape, right? Is that a fair reflection?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, these are new tools and new ways to do things, but we're still like, as agency owners, like we're marketing experts, right? Like we're, at least we should be strategic (laughs) partners for, for our clients. And we, it can't just be, yeah, we're going to deliver you these blog posts and this email copy and like these, these things that can be done in new and efficient ways. Everyone's going to adopt AI in some form. Even I think there's probably situations coming that we're not even going to realize that we're using AI. And if, if we're not adopting those things and starting to shift who we are as agencies to be strategic partners, we're going to hit a really big wall very soon. <laughs> um,
0: now, Dustin, uh, uh, clearly this uh, methodology, this approach to marketing, marketing like a human, it's safe to say it's validated, it's proven, right? There's a book being written about it. Uh, and so what has the results of approaching a marketing or go to market strategy through this lens? Like what sort of results has it yielded for yourself and for hive? What has it done? If you've executed for clients, like what does success, what does performance look like channeling, you know, this, this
1: framework? Well, I think it's, it's the traditional metrics, right? Like we're, we're looking at like, how are we closing business? How are we scheduling meetings? Are we, are these the right people? Um, but it's also kind of taking away some of that really quantity focused ideals, right? Like we're no longer like for our, our clients and for ourselves like we're not focused on like hey, we want to we want to just increase website traffic for the sake of increasing website traffic. Like we want the right people coming and we're we're measuring those things in but kind of through a quality lens. Like, are we scheduling and holding meetings? What does our deal pipeline look like? We're looking at those things as opposed to some of the more like vanity metrics that we as agencies and organizations around the world have kind of leaned on in the past. Um, And I think that it it pays dividends in building trust and like becoming that trusted resource. And I mean, as far as like, being transparent with your pricing and things like that. Like we get the question from our, our clients all the time of like, do we really need that? And even like other agencies talking about like, well, we don't have like packages. Like we don't say like here, pick one of these three packages and let's roll. Uh, Because we work in a lot of different industries or our clients have a lot of different needs. There's a lot of variables. Uh, Right. Right. But you can still answer the question, right? Like you can still say, Hey, our retainers are in a range typically of this to this or, our projects or our hourly rate is this, and this is how long something typically takes. Like there's a lot of ways that you can still be effective and give Mm -hmm. the messaging and the answers that people actually are looking for. Um, And I think that that all of that comes back to like, we're generating the right leads, more of the right leads, more of the right conversations, more of the right website traffic in order to like actually have good conversations and like support these people, not just, hey, we wanna have 10,000 visits to our website, but nobody's actually converting or wants to talk to us.
0: Well, right, I mean, I don't know what the actual tipping point is, but do you want 1,000 website visitors, uh, none of which are within you know the ideal mix uh, or the ideal kind of client makeup or client profile, or do you want 200 visitors, all of which, are the highly relevant relevant audience, right? And so I think you'd mentioned like vanity metrics, right? Great pointer. Hey, do we want our sales reps, you know, ripping how many dials a day versus no, actually having this many conversations, maybe it's fewer, but it's with, again, the right the right type of companies that, that, that we're prospecting into. Um, and I think, it, I don't know, it sounds like if those things are true, then the sales opportunities that arise, hopefully uh, move with more velocity. They move faster, right? Because, you know, you're engaging and attracting the right types of businesses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're also discouraging the wrong types, right? Like if we're putting out information on our pricing and somebody comes to Hive's website and is like, yeah, I have a $500 a month budget. Like they're very quickly going to understand like, oh, Hive doesn't work with that kind of budget. Like this isn't the right fit for me. And so like we're, since we kind of adopted this, we're getting way fewer of those conversations that actually happen of like, oh yeah, like I don't have any budget or I, you know, Need something that hive doesn't offer yep. um the self qualification
0: is, is happening before
1: the point of contact right through research yeah through <laughs> the content that we're putting out and because we're enabling our audience to actually do their own research instead of like gating everything or like holding things back because we want them to talk to sales because maybe our sales guy will talk them into a retainer that they can't afford like right. that that can't be the i that can't be the methodology moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um
0: well, Dustin, as we we push on time, first, uh, you know, uh congrats and best of luck with the book launch. Um we'll obviously they make do. sure we link folks to it so they can check it out uh and find it. Uh, but one last question for you. Uh we wrap every episode with the same question. Um what is the strangest part of agency life?
1: Strangest, I, I don't know if it's the strangest, but So I started Hive. Um, We just celebrated our nine-year anniversary. Um, You know, I was a mid-20s kid that thought he knew everything. Um, You know, and I I think that the thing that I've learned is that, like, you never end up with fewer problems. Like, it's just (laughs) changing problems, right? So, I mean, starting back then, like, I had, even though I thought I knew what i was doing and where i was going i had no clue and so the problems that i had at that time and the problems that i have now are just vastly different um you know i think that as an agency owner things also just change so quickly with the landscape with our clients with what we do with our teams like things change so fast that we have to we have to just constantly adapt
0: the the rate of change the constant need to to adapt but yeah, I like that hey listen you don't get to eliminate problems it's just you get to try and solve a new set of problems right uh
1: yep yeah, you I like that. Yeah. It, it's like the when one door opens another closes but it's like when mm-hmm. one problem's solved you get a new one so right, right. It. maybe it's that's whack-a-mole
0: we... i don't know you know what i yeah. mean but...
1: <laughs> absolutely
0: well great answer thanks for that dustin and thanks for coming on uh the show uh, it's been great talking to you. I uh, love the methodology, uh, uh, super relevant. Again, as we talk about trying to solve this crisis of disconnection and, and what partners can do to, to reach, uh, and engage with, you know, these, these buyers that, you know, want to be engaged with in a very particular way, right? Things have changed and, and so partners need to adapt. So anywho, uh, appreciate you sharing. It's, it's been great talking to you and again, best luck with the book and, and marketing like a human.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Um, thanks for the time. Yeah,
0: you bet. And for everyone that has tuned in today, this has been another episode of the Agency on Thursday.